You're listening to the Zero Lives Left podcast episode 10. Welcome to the Zero Lives Left podcast. What is it you have always wanted to do? Are you stuck going around in circles? Sound familiar? Maybe you have always wanted to start a business. Maybe there's a particular career path you've wanted to follow. Each episode, we bring you an inspiring insight from someone who has done it, how they did it, along with actionable tips on how you can make it happen. Now, here's your host, Wayne Denner. What is up? Thank you so much for sticking around and tuning into the past nine episodes of the Zero Lives Left podcast. As always, this podcast is aimed at two types of listeners. Those who have always thought as I once did, you know what? I would really love to start my own business. And those people who would like to get into a particular career path, whatever that may be. This podcast is all about you the listener. It's all about trying to add value to your business and your personal development. Don't forget, if you've not yet done it, please do stop by iTunes and rate and review this podcast. If you're listening on Stitcher, make sure you hit subscribe over there and please do leave us a review. This week, I was lucky enough to take part in the Night of Ambition in Belfast, which saw over 200 young people come together and explore the possibilities which exist from starting or running your own business. I was lucky enough to be co-presenting the Ideas Factory with BBC Radio 1 DJ Philly Taggart on the night. We heard some amazing creative business ideas from Northern Ireland's future entrepreneurs. A massive well done to Claire and all the team from Generation Innovation. What an amazing, superb evening it was. We're now on episode 10 and it's hard to believe, but this podcast really started out with just a few listeners and is now growing into something much, much bigger. I thank you so much to you guys for tuning in each and every episode. But I thought it would be really cool for episode 10, as we're hitting somewhat of a milestone, to get out and about and meet a few people who are on the ground who are actually making it happen with their business. So on this episode, you guys are going to hear from four different people, uh, different businesses who are doing incredibly work out there and who have incredible value to add. If you like what you hear on the podcast, please do drop me a tweet to at Wayne Denner. If there's something that you think I should cover on the podcast, you know what? I would love to hear from you. Drop me an email to podcast at waynedenner.com. All right, let's not waste any more time. Are you sitting comfortably? Let's get right in to episode 10 of the Zero Lives Left podcast. Now, starting a business can be a very, very lonely existence. I know this. Whenever you're starting out as a small startup, you kind of feel like you're alone. It's difficult to get support. It's difficult to have a support network if you're just a self-employed sole trader. Joining me on the show now, I have uh, Nicole Curran, who is president of the Newry Junior Chamber. Now, as a former Junior Chamber member myself many years ago, of course, (laughs) and I'm sure it's changed. Um, Give us a bit more of an idea of what the Junior Chamber does, what the idea is behind it, and how you can help you know, those young people who are starting out on their, their business journey. Yeah, absolutely. And um, probably first and foremost, it's open to everyone, um, right from business startups, even students that are interested in business around the area. Uh, we've started just as of uh, a couple of months ago to give um, a reduced cost of membership for students because we totally appreciate that there are people that are really enthusiastic about getting into business and might feel a little bit intimidated going into a chamber or junior chamber with big multinational companies, large companies. That's not what we're about. We um, offer our membership to everyone, uh, right from startups, sole traders, limited companies, up to the likes of the bigger companies. We have MJM, Autoline Insurance, you know. So we, we base ourselves on personal development. We bring everyone in to get a bit of confidence, to make new network connections. You know, I personally don't like the word networking because I think it's overused yeah. at the moment. Um, but it is, it, I can't get around it without saying that's what we do. We meet, we uh, refer business to each other, we go through and we are involved socially. If you've seen the St. Patrick's Day parade, 
I did. I snapped thing. a picture of you yeah. in the parade, I think. I did. Talking and it's up on social networking, <laughs> yeah, so to speak. Absolutely. Um, now, tell me a bit more about the networking end of things. That's really, really important. And I yeah. think from, from my business and how my business has grown over the past couple of years, mm-hmm. it's been very much hinged around networking, yeah. connecting with the right people. Absolutely. So joining an organization like the Junior Chamber, mm-hmm. for example, can open that business up to a network. Oh, yeah, totally. Do you run networking events? Is this stuff we that people do. can come we, along we to? We first one that we had really successful events last year and the things that we seem to gear more towards are local entrepreneurs and successful business people of the near area and um, we have our first event on the 1st of April and that is a networking opportunity for anyone and um, we have Michael McKeown of Crash Services and we have Eamon Fitzpatrick Senior of FM Environmental two really good stories uh, success stories and they're going to go through right from the beginning right until now any obstacles that they come up against and before that you get the opportunity to meet with loads of other people from the from the area and uh, connect that way that networking opportunity to me as an accountant and part of the NJC is invaluable you know that that's a lot of the time that's the time that I meet potential clients or I hear a story that I'm maybe going to do something and they've told me that does not work I've done it myself and to me I think that sort of advice from people who have been there is just next to nothing. Now the junior chamber isn't a nurry thing I mean there's there's branches all over the place as yep. I understand it it's yep. international as well yep. tell us a bit more of that. Now the Ju- junior chamber international that's a separate okay. separate body now they have contacted us because of our social media um, yes. believe it or not uh, which I'm absolutely delighted about so they are all different chambers all over the UK the UK is very big with it there is one in Belfast uh, there is a new one in Derry and then there is the Junior Chamber Ireland which is separate again um, it's it's the same networking opportunities business people and just members of the community that want to be involved so not only are you getting exposure to businesses in your local area you're also getting exposure to businesses in other regions and other parts of the UK oh yeah absolutely and it's just very open that you've always got a contact wherever you need to be and um, we haven't officially joined theirs because we have our we are a uh, unique that we are totally branded on our own all the junior team or jsei are a uh, one brand and i am very happy with our brand so it's probably a bit of a negotiation that which we're both parties are happy to do uh, but i'm not going to let go of our new website which i know now, check it out. people have the perception that if it's uh, you know the chamber, it's 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 multinationals, it's big companies, um, uh-huh. but that's not the case. You tell me. No, definitely not. Um, I work I work for a company, so PKF FPM Accountants Limited, um, big company with nearly a hundred employees now. I am on the chamber on their behalf, but I can definitely say that I've got more development personally than for the company. So I get to meet so many other different business people that are helping me in my journey. You know, I'm training, uh, I'm an accountant, I'm training to be a chartered. And there's just so many different personalities that you meet within it. Uh, I've just got a new member, a local hairdresser, Caroline McNeil. She owns all aspects. She's a sole trader. She's getting just as much out of it. She also does Juice Plus this uh, new craze and you know she's getting all her advertising opportunities out of that as well so it's right right from the sole trader or as we as i said i i think it's a really really good opportunity for students that we haven't had that student to take the leap we have had a bit of um you know where people asking but no one's taken the leap yet but i just want to make it clear that you know we we are we want to have the new area and have to remember that these young leaders are the ones of the future and if we can get them first then brilliant absolutely now you mentioned young leaders and that's very important I think it's very important to encourage kids to get involved with entrepreneurship from a very young age I mean I think the education system needs to change a bit more to incorporate that particularly in primary school being a parent myself of Mm -hmm. two boys I mean I would like to see more grassroots education in Mm -hmm. terms of entrepreneurship what sort of advice would you give a student graduating in 2015 if they're listening into this podcast right now they're thinking you know I'd love to start a business I'd love to go out on my own what would you say to them? I just think uh, at the moment it's very very hard to be getting jobs and anything extra that you can have on your CV especially a voluntary organisation um, not just the likes of the New Junior Chamber but anything outside of work that of course you enjoy but it is anything added on the CV gives you a wee added edge on any anybody coming in you know I think it's very not easy that's bad Um to get the grades because people are so academically great. I just done mock interviews in Sacred Heart Grammar School during the week and I just was realising the sixth year girls that I went to Sacred Heart, how hard it is for them coming forward now because the limited amount of jobs and 
you know, they've all got such a good range of expertise, but unless they have something added or extra going forward, these leaders need to distinguish themselves right from the start, you know, before I did placement in Norbrook, so that gave me a little edge on my CV. I was involved in the uh, Rose of Tralee, I was the Down Rose, that gave me an extra edge as well. Them small snippets that re- really help you, and it just develops you so much. Yeah. Being involved in anything outside of your work or your Gaelic club or anything like that, it's so, it's so encouraging to you, to yourself. You know, so get out there and do that sort of stuff. Volunteer, so get involved, get experience. Yeah. You know, that sort of yeah, stuff's really, absolutely. really important. Tell me, how can people find out about the Junior Chamber? So if you've got somebody listening in today from the area who wants to know more about what you guys do, what's the best way for them to contact you? suppose um, the website, we have a new website and it's very easy, there's info at and it comes it comes directly to me and I will get in contact with you but there's also the way of, I think the best way to find out about an organisation if you're not sure whether it's what up for you, contact some of the members maybe not myself, you know, that's so passionate about it but people that are maybe in behind the scenes a wee bit more but I know they're getting equally as much, maybe different so we have a full member profile, all our members are up on our website all their emails are there, you know, their websites are there. Feel free to contact them. They're really enthusiastic about it, so they might be able to give a totally different view that I get from it. And I suppose that's what that's the beauty of it all, that's so broad ranging. And of course you guys are very active on Twitter. Yes, we are. So we people are. can go on, they can maybe see what you're all about, see what you're tweeting about and get more of an idea of what it is the Junior Chamber is all about. So much love I had for Twitter. <laughs> I, l- I actually it is good. love it now. It's so, it is so good. good. It's my favourite social media at LinkedIn as well. You can get us. Tell me before page. we finish, when I was a former member of the Junior Chamber mm-hmm. back in the day and I'm still relatively young let's face it I could probably rejoin I'm again <laughs> I'm one of the youngest on it so. well I could probably still join yeah I? absolutely is there still the social aspect of it because I remember the social aspect was an important thing back then where you know businesses could come together you know there was nights oh, arranged yeah, and that and sort of stuff and definitely that's what a lot of members want yeah. you know they want obviously um benefits for their business but people do want to interact on a more casual scene uh, on St Patrick's Day we got involved in the parade which was a lot of work our float was a lot of work all the advertising was a lot of work but then we thought afterwards you know as a really group group of good fun people young I say young I think we're young uh, and we all landed out for the day to celebrate and it was such a great day and that social aspect of it makes you all on a more personal level like friends nearly so I could say like so many of the people on the NDSC over the last two years are my friends now and yeah we do business together yeah we network together but uh, there are people I would go to now out of out of work so lasting relationships and friendships are being developed and and then that's a cornerstone of business as well it's all about relationships and I do think Nuri has a unique like everyone seems passionate about business Nuri I don't think people realise how thriving it is around here and you know, I think uh, it's one thing to see when, you, when you've got the members that we have, us all interacting together. It's exciting. 2015, what's, gonna, what's happening for the Junior Chamber? The Junior Chamber, well, this, that's our first event on the 1st of April. We're hoping, um, watch the space, we're hoping to have a big event, probably bigger than the NDC's ever gone in September. Uh, I don't want to give too much okay. information out now, but it will start being publicised after this first event. Um, and then yeah just our, our normal networking events that we will and we, we meet all the time to say can we get involved in any community or you know anything to do with that we're, we're on top of it well there's no doubt Nicole you're a passionate uh, yeah. junior chamber president <laughs> yeah. I mean and it's great to see that enthusiasm and yeah. that passion coming across and I think that's really important for anybody who's listening into this podcast you know that there is an organisation out there if you're a, a sole trader in Urian Moore and mm-hmm. you want to get involved with the junior chamber you're a student over at SRC or any of the colleges yeah. around the place Absolutely. and you want to get involved with like-minded individuals who can help develop your business mm-hmm. develop you personally and help you grow as an individual the, the junior chamber is the place to go I think so yeah I'm a big advocate <laughs> Absolutely. Nicole Kern, President of New Junior Chamber, thanks for joining no, us. Thanks so much, Wayne. Thank you. For many small businesses, one of the biggest challenges can be their accountancy or their financial aspect of their business. I know me as a small business owner, it's something that I find incredibly challenging. And from a business point of view, many businesses actually struggle with this component of their operations. Joining me today, I have Aidan Malone, who runs an accountancy firm in Newry, and he has an innovative piece of software which allows businesses, small business owners, sole traders to manage their accountancy end of their business. Aidan, tell us a bit more about Xero. Xero, Xero is a, uh, an online accounting package um, basically it was designed by a, a team in New Zealand. 
it's now grown to a huge amount of uh, volume. Uh, it's about 400,000 businesses using it uh, worldwide. But it's mainly designed for smaller businesses, SMEs. And it allows you to then use your accounting software online, on the cloud. So that means it's accessible anytime, anywhere. Um, it also means you can have multiple users at any different, at different sites. And the main thing I think is about it is it's very easy to use. You know, I know that sounds like an oxymoron where accountancy software traditionally is designed for accountants. Then you have the accountant that comes in and trains the small business how to use it. This is really designed for the end user, the, kind, the, the small business who doesn't have a clue about accountancy. And one of the main features of it is it can link in with your online banking potentially, saving you a lot of time, saving you a lot of hassle. Um, for me, and anyway, well, since we've been using it, we've noticed like clients who have absolutely no accountancy experience whatsoever, and they're they're flying with this sort of thing. You know, well, before we had them say on a manual system, let's say you had Excel, something like that. They're really struggling with that. And actually, when you use something like Excel, which is really really common, I mean, a lot, a lot of small businesses actually use Excel. But actually, trying to get that into meaningful data, like a you know a profit and loss count to tell you how your business is doing, that's where it falls down because you actually kind of need real, really good usage, knowledge of Excel to link all that together. Effectively what Xero does is make it very, very easy for the customer, the, the small business, to know how their business is doing on a daily basis, on a real-time basis, you know. Now, we were looking at this offline before we started to chat about it, and you were showing some, me some of the functionality in relation to matching up invoices. Yeah. I mean, tell us a bit more about that, where it connects with your bank, and if an invoice is on the system, it can match that up? That's correct, yeah. So, basically, the guys who designed this originally, they wanted to link in with their online bank, and now, not here in Northern Ireland, not all the banks can link in. What sort of banks can we use? Okay, you can use Ulster Bank, you can use Santander, you can use HSBC, um, NatWest, I think, as well. Uh, unfortunately, you can't use Danske at this point, you can't use Bank of Ireland, and you can't use First Trust. But what you can do is you can download what's known as a CSV, an Excel file effectively, and import it. Now, that just takes a wee bit longer. But what we've noticed is, whilst before you had a manual system and a lot of what the business might have been doing, or we as the accountant might have been doing, is matching a lot of stuff to paper manual records. This is really getting away from that whole thing. So that a lot of that is already done for you, and then really you're just sort of saying, well, there's that lodgement for £1,000, there's that sales invoice for £1,000, and there's the matching up. And so for the business then, they know, oh, that customer has paid, that customer has paid, I've paid for that supplier, so I really know how my business is doing. You know? So is it a good way for businesses to keep track of their expenses? Obviously, if you know you can keep receipts and this sort of stuff, can you import that sort of information into the system? Well, that's, that's the really interesting thing about Zero as well. Because this was designed as an online platform, what they did was open that up to other software developers to develop software on the back of this. And you've maybe got about 300 now softwares that are now developed, not specifically for Xero, they had other applications in mind, but they've teamed up with Xero. One we uh, are partnered with is really, really interesting called Receipt Bank. And what that does is you basically take a scan of the invoice, the purchase invoice, on your phone or on your iPad or your, your tablet. It basically takes all that information in a digital format, okay? And once that's done, you can actually then click a button and that will go straight into zero for you. Now, what's that doing for the business? Saving them a lot of time because before you would have had a lot of manual paper records that would have been looking for this invoice, looking for that invoice. This is all just getting it into digital. And um, does the tax man recognise this sort of process? Yeah, I mean, we just had the budget there recently and, and it's, you know, George Osborne was talking about going to online, real-time, your own tax affairs by 2020. So, yes, effectively, what, the ta what would happen there is, let's say you had a VAT inspection. If you had something like Receipt Bank, before you would have had all those laid out in big, you know, lever arch files, now you're just sort of logging on to your smartphone or your iPad or whatever it is and your computer and you're just actually showing them a bunch of invoices that are actually in PDF format. And so we've noticed there, we had one, you know, it's, it's, it's just saving a lot of time running around looking for that, you know. And is it getting rid of the paper? I mean, is the paper going to become a thing of the past or do I, we still need to keep records? You still officially need to keep the physical records, but more and more they're going to accept paperless 
of you know paperless management. In fact, if they can see the original the original invoice even in a digital format, they will accept that. So if we've got somebody out there who's a small business listening to this podcast regular, they want to find out a bit more about this software, yeah. is it possible to get a demo online? Do they call it to see you? What's the process? Anybody can go on and use it. Uh, I think they give you a 14-day free trial. I'd advise any business to, to look at this kind of software because it's very cost-effective. I mean, in comparison to Sage, you know, which you can be in maybe a £1,000 plus, Zero, you're working on maybe 20, 25 pound a month. Um, and you're, you've also got things like multi-currency. You've now, so, you know, you can, it basically links in with xe.com. So, for, especially for businesses here, uh, when you create an invoice in euros, for example, it'll automatically convert that into sterling on the day rate. And when you pay it, it'll be at the rate and it'll work all that out for you, which is amazing. And I suppose... What you've got also then is payroll coming in from the 6th of April as well, so you're getting a lot, a really, really, I would say, a sophisticated piece of software to run your business. You know, I'd recommend it to anyone. I suppose that's where we come in as well. You know, we look after our clients, we look after our clients, you know, tax affairs and so on. And the reason we love it so much is because we can really offer added value services on the back of that. So, for example, a client now who's doing it, we can say, look at their accounts, even when they're not even looking at it, after nine months or 10 months or 11 months, and we can meet them before the year end, and we can say, well, look, you know, this this is going well, you know, this is how the business is doing, this is how much tax you'll have to pay in a year's time. So that could be all worked out in advance. Now, you're pretty active on the small business scene in Northern Ireland. You've been at a lot of the networking events. We, I, you were at Belfast R a couple of weeks ago. Um, that was your first taste of that. Hopefully, we're going to get something similar going in Yuri. What advice would you give to small businesses who are maybe listening to this podcast to potentially make their business a little bit more successful moving forward? Obviously, we spoke about zero and what it can do for your business. And I think that's a cornerstone that every business really needs to have. The budget's just come around. I mean, what sort of thing do the businesses need to think about if you could sum it up in three simple steps 2015 this is what you need to think about I mean the number one thing you've got to think about is get your finances right you know get uh, something like that that's uh, you know you're really really running with the software that's going to help you run your business and I mean I was with a client there yesterday this guy's 40 year in business he says look it's a pretty simple thing if you do have more going out than you've got coming in you're in trouble you know and if that's the case you know you've got to really ask yourself is this a business or is this a hobby you know um a lot of people, you'll be concentrating on multiple, multiple things. I think you've got to really get thinking about strategic partnerships with your accountant. Uh, uh, you know, get a good, get somebody who knows who's familiar with your business, or you you get on with. That's probably the main thing. The best clients we have is people we get on with. That's probably the best. I think the number one thing, probably, I would say, get your finances right. If the finances are right, the business is going to make sense, and all the other things such as social media are important. But I obviously, being an accountant, I'd say the number one thing is to get the finances right. And I mean, I find it, you know, particularly interesting. I suppose I've been in a business network in Belfast for over a year, and it's a lot of referrals. And you just don't know. You've got to really get out there meeting people. You don't know when you can, you know, your next client's going to come from. And if you're not out there, kind of meeting people, connecting people, networking with people, you know, you're you're missing out, don't you? You know, you're you're not really involved. And if you're not really involved in your business in that sphere of things, that could impact on your business. How can people find out a little bit more about what you do? I know you're on Twitter. I know you're active on social media. I mean, what's the website address for the business here? How can people get in touch if they want to find out more information about uh, Zero? Yeah, I mean, if they want to add me on Twitter, it's Malone Aiden. I'm on LinkedIn as well. Um, They can contact the website. It's mlca.co.uk. Um, and we were really interested in showing this software off. Um, for me, it's a real no-brainer. Um, in comparison to Sage, so it's just very, a lot of people love Sage, but for me, uh, it's not built for the end user in mind. And so for small businesses, especially young businesses, you know, they're coming through this type of stuff. The idea, I suppose, was was launched at ZeroCon, or sorry, Zero run their own uh, sort of conference, and the guy said, you know, you don't have any software out there that's to be involved with a CD. You know, yeah, it just it's true, happen. yeah. You know, we're in this sort of post-PC era. Yeah. Everything's cloud-based. I'd say the big thing for me for something like Zero is you can really then scale your business with Zero because you can add in things like 
customer relationship management software. Um, I've got a client who's now got a, an inventory software that he chose out of, I mean, 10 or 15 different softwares. So you've got full, you know, whenever you go to, oh, I'm going to now build my business, I'm going to get a new premises, I'm going to start targeting here, I'm going to start targeting here. There are multiple other softwares that are going to sort of integrate with Zero. that's really going to allow you to cherry pick the best one or the one that's right for you. For example, there's me and a client who's in uh, PR and um, he wants, you know, before he's using quite, you know, his time recording is really important, but he's probably using just pen and paper and I'm sort of looking at a piece of software that can maybe digitize all that, get it going so you can go into the client, hit a wee button on his app, things like that there, you know. And finally, is there a saving for the business? In terms of your accountancy fees, yeah, I suppose there, yeah, we we can definitely if you if we would well, the way we work is as well we would work on a fixed fee basis. So we would say to you, look, it's X per month, and if you want us to do more of that, then it's probably more per month. But if you're doing what you say you can do, and again, we're going to show you how to use zero from day one, and we're going to support you by email, support you by phone, so that you're really getting the grips of this kind of software. There's definite savings for the business, in, and there's savings for us because it's it's time effective for us, you know. But what we think of in our head is, you know, eventually, you know, tax returns are just going to be done on the fly. Um, we're trying to move more into the uh, advisory side of things to really add value to your business. Um, I mean, we just were talking in talks now with another piece of software called Crunchboards, and this is something that I'd say we would use ourselves um, maybe to really add a real reporting side to your business so that we could look at maybe forecasting, budgeting, that type of thing. That's that's the kind of thing we're trying to offer the clients more and more because as time goes on, that's what they're going to be looking. A tax return is a tax return at the end of the day, but if you can really add value to a business by talking about sales and talking about your gross profit margin and you know costs and stuff like that, then that's going to be really effective for the business. You know? Aidan, thanks for taking time to join us on the podcast today. No problem. So, on the Zero Lives podcast, it's really important that we get out into the actual business environment and we talk to people who've started their own business. People who've made the leap from maybe, uh, you know, traditional employment into more of a self-employed environment. Sitting with me today is Lisa McManus, who has taken that leap. Um, Lisa, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Today. It's, it's great to get out and talk to people. You're really, really busy, so we don't want to take up a lot of your time today. But, you know, tell us a little bit more about what you're all about, what the Wellness Calf is, and really why you decided to start your own business. Okay, I guess the main thing I'm all about is health and well-being. Um, um, the reason I wanted to start my own business was because I saw a niche in the market. Um, I like healthy food, I like being healthy, but the problem was there's nowhere to get that kind of food. I see clients on a regular basis, and I sort of encourage them to eat pretty healthily. But the main complaint was, where can I get this food, Lisa? So I thought, well, you know what, there's a demand. Demand. I think I've got to meet that demand. So there we are. And some of the challenges along the way, I mean, obviously it hasn't been easy as a, as a small business owner myself. You know, there's incredibly a lot of obstacles to overcome. Are, yes. It's not easy to get finance. No. Um, you're in a prime location here in the centre of Newry. I got very lucky, yeah. You got yeah. very lucky. So what sort of things did you experience along the way? Well, like anything you want to achieve in life, um, I believe that life will kind of throw things at you to see how much you want it. And it'll veer you off course a lot. And you just got to keep persevering and keep going. Um, if you want something bad enough and you've got passion and determination, you'll get there. Um, I guess the main tips are... Um, just having your head what you want to achieve and don't let anything stop you take small steps every single day to get there um, save a lot of money be prepared to work very hard um, but when you own your own business it doesn't feel like work it's more um, looking for a passion rather than stress yeah. it's well worth it yeah. Yeah. now you know obviously we get a lot of you know young younger listeners listening to this podcast it's all about encouraging entrepreneurship it's all about getting young people to think about starting their own business and making that leap so if you if you had somebody listening to this podcast today who was potentially doing their GCSEs always wanted to start a business would it be something that you would encourage or do you think they should go and get experience first and maybe then start the business I think experience counts for you just it's actually um, immersion really um, life experience you need confidence you need to network with people you need to grow yourself first um, before you can give that back to someone else um, yeah I would say get experience really well but everyone's different you know some people can go at 18 and start their own business and be quite successful um, 
But for me, it was life experience. I went to Australia for three years and thought, right, aha, that's it, I'm not going to do this. Now tell me, um, I've been watching your journey through a friend of mine, Oren McCory, actually, who had uh, you know told me about what you were doing. Yes. So you've done an awful lot of stuff online. You were doing, you know, you had a website up there. Maybe you were doing some online consultancy for people. Yes. Digital and the online environment is very important now for how businesses get new customers and expand yeah. their reach. Yeah. You know, any advice for businesses out there, or maybe thinking about you know enhancing their online offering? Um, do you know what I find with online marketing? It's fantastic, but the minute you turn it into a business, it doesn't work. It's about a personal journey and a blog. That's what kind of draws people in. And that's what this whole journey's been for me. It's achieving a dream I had when I was 18 years of age and now 32. It's um, people are kind of inspired by what you've achieved rather than a business. Um, so turn it into all about you and um, you are your own brand. And the personal branding aspect being really, really important. Really, really important. And you can't just go with it. Do you really eat healthy all the time, Lisa? Yes, I am a walk and talking version of this brand. You don't just lie. And that's what I think kind of appeals to people. And is it hard for people to make that shift from eating not healthy, for example? I mean, I, I fall into that category an awful lot where I'm, you know, you're on the road, you're driving, and you drive past the McDonald's and suddenly yeah. you see McDonald's and you, you veer in. I mean, yeah. we're trying to change a behaviour here fundamentally. Yeah, see, I think success and what I've done here, well, fingers crossed success, is that this past two years I've built um, the networks, I've kind of educated people, I've been out there giving free talks and writing free articles and changing people's minds. And then I opened this, so they've already had a bit of a oh, okay. I know what healthy eating is, and then I opened this. Um, but also, I mean, we do we do a fry up. It's Lisa's big breakfast. It's all done healthily. We do sandwiches, we do soups, everything done normal food, done a healthy way. Excellent. I must come in and try that uh, Lisa's big breakfast. It sounds very very interesting. <laughs> Finally, before we wrap up really really quickly, I mean, what does 2015 hold for Lisa and the Wellness Cap? Hopefully, more new customers. Please come in. And um, we're not all about just like we grass shots and keel. We got really nice food. Um, I really like um, by the end of the year to have this brand bigger and to have it in the likes of um, schools, hospitals, gyms, just places where people sort of um, need health and need healthy food and just to get the brand out there. So start that education early. Education. You get into the schools, educate you know you know primary school kids about the you know the benefits of eating healthy, and hopefully then that will start to roll out and bigger. The hospitals as well because it sort of um, it pains me to see that sick people are maybe not being fed the best food. Yeah. So if there's an option in the hospitals for people to have healthy food, that'd be great. So anybody who's listening into this now, how can they find out about you online? If they're if they're listening in from maybe somewhere else, maybe Dundalk, Belfast, for example, um, you know what, what's the website address? I have a website, thewellnesscoach.ie. Okay. Uh, Facebook, The Wellness Coach, or Lisa's Wellness Cafe, and Twitter and Instagram, Lisa Well Coach. So if they're passing through in your area, they're very welcome to come into The Wellness please Cafe and check you out on Monaghan Street. Yes, please do. Yes. Brilliant. Lisa, thanks very much for your time on the podcast. Thanks, Wayne. Thank you. Now, the, the, the digital landscape has changed, has opened up a whole new array of opportunities for students, graduates, young people to avail of. Software development has changed the way we are now doing business. One such company which is a, really at the forefront of this technology-led um, industry in terms of um, how technology has been used for, for banking, for financial institution, is First Derivatives. Joining me on the podcast today, we have Shane Mulholland. Shane, thanks for taking time out to join me. Can you tell me a little bit more about some of the opportunities? First of all, what First Derivatives does, what it is you guys are all about, and give our listeners, our listeners are predominantly students and graduates and young people maybe who are looking for new opportunities. Maybe they're going to be leaving university in 2015. Can you tell our listeners a bit more about what First Derivatives is and what you guys do? Sure, okay. Firstly, Wayne, thanks for the invitation. We're delighted to, to take part. Um, people will ask us a lot of what do you guys actually do in there um, and we do two things we do product so we produce systems products for the financial services industry so large brokers hedge funds investment banks will come to buy some of our solutions which will do stuff for them let's just call it stuff for now um, then we have a consultancy practice and really the consultancy practices where the business has been born out of so we will have experts in certain you know technologies or asset classes or or banking parlance if you like that uh, banks will look for and rather than hiring full-time persons they sometimes feel it better to go to a consultancy hire the expertise for three or six or nine months start a project finish a project and then roll those people out and then the next group of project comes along and so on so 
you know, there's two parts to that business. There's the the pure out and out software development um, product side, and then there's the consultancy side. Now, the consultancy side is a little bit more far reaching. So, the consultancy side does everything from software developers, application support, um, to BAs, project managers. There's a whole range of roles beyond just I have to be technical to be part of this company. Our normal um, I guess recruiting group would be the STEM degree disciplines, so science, technology, engineering, maths, and that's quite a broad range of degree disciplines, but we're finding that equally we're widening the scope beyond STEM. We're looking at law grads, we're looking at business management grads, we've hired some marketing grads, et cetera, et cetera. So really, there's an, there's an academic excellence we're looking for, but then there's also very much a personality fit, a cultural fit for the organization. The organization is very entrepreneurial. Uh, it is a consultancy practice. So we're looking for people that can go out, engage, talk to clients, take down business requirements, translate that into some technical spec, produce something for them. But all of that requires a personality. So it's not just you know a technical or numeracy level. It's a bit more beyond that. Now, you guys are based in Uri, your head office is in Uri, and it's a great asset to have for Uri. And um, the opportunities are here for young people. But it's not just opportunities here in Uri. You guys have opportunities around the globe. Yeah, I think that's our number one attraction, I guess. The thing that we hear most at interview is, I'd love to travel. And uh, it's not, you know, we, we use the term, we're not a travel agency. Unfortunately, grads can't come in and pick and choose where they want to go unapologetically if you come onto our graduate scheme it's two years of have bag will travel and we reserve the right to send you around now some people will jump with that and say that's exactly what I'm looking for that's that's the dynamism I'm looking for other people get a bit horrified at that other people want to go maybe as far as London we will work with people in an ideal world we'll want people who'll just travel anywhere. And truly, we're sending them... A couple of years ago, we were talking about being a global player. Um, we were punching above our weight. Now, today, we have offices in Toronto, New York, um, London. We're just about to open one in Johannesburg. We've got one in Sydney, Hong Kong, Singapore. And we're truly sort of generating global business. So we've got grads stationed everywhere. Uh, North America, States, Canada... Um, some people have been deployed into South America. Um, we've got some people in Moscow right now. We've got some people in, in Sydney, some people in Joburg, Cape Town. There's a lot of opportunity to travel with first relatives. But equally, what switches some locals off would be the thought, well, I actually want to stay at home. And, you know, up until 18 months ago, we really didn't have anything for you. But as, as we win what we call a lot of nearshore business, where banks are making economic decisions to move some of their services beyond the major cities. And, and Uri, ironically, then is becoming a, a place suitable for, for some of these businesses to allow some of that service to be here. We actually have a number of people in our Uri office working for investment banks from here. So there are opportunities. And, and then as, as the business grows, there are a lot of operational roles. So that's where the marketing team, the legal team, the finance team, um, the recruiter, HR team, there are, there are other roles then available for people that want to work here in Europe. Now, you mentioned the organization is, uh, is, is entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the CEO is a, is a great example of somebody who's been able to build a business from, yeah. from grassroots level, employ a lot of local people. Um, what sort of skills are you looking out for? Obviously, you're involved in the HR end of things, Shane. Yeah. What do you look out for in a graduate? I mean, somebody who's coming to work for First Rivers, what is it they need to have? I, I, I think we can't ever get away from the academics, unfortunately. I mean, fortunately, unfortunately, we need people here with, with a degree. We've taken very few people that don't have a degree. And that's maybe a point of contention for some people, which we, we can address separately. But academically, they need to be in a good place. Um, but beyond that, we're looking for grads that are, you know, there's a work ethic there, first and foremost. And not just the number of times I ask people describe themselves and they'll say hardworking. And when we probe that, are they really hardworking? You know, we see evidence of maybe some grads who need pushed and cajoled. And we're looking for people that have that ethic within them. Um, we're looking for a proactivity. I think that's something that gets underestimated. We're looking for grads that can ask smart questions, get up off their backside, go and make something happen. In, in many of our junior consulting roles, um, they're seen as a resource that will do stuff. 
and so sometimes they, they got to sit and wait for direction we're actually looking for grads that don't need the direction that can get up and spot somebody's under pressure somebody needs some help go and ask that person can I help you what do I need to do for you and, and the feedback on those grads is fantastic that, that, that's a message that we want to spread within our sort of customer base um, go back to a CV um, graduates that have actually invested in their CV over their university career beyond a J1 in Boston or working in a, in a spa or whatever we're looking for people that really have identified roles that they're interested in maybe even at times placements that they've done that actually turn out to be I now know I don't want to do that placement the fact that they've still thought about that and they've gone and they've got themselves into an office environment we, we like that kind of graduate um, but that's not to denigrate on the grads that have decided to go and take a year travelling I mean we would equally see an independence in someone that's gone into railing or someone that's decided to go off on their own to Asia you know we would see that as a positive thing as well because they'll, they'll have some life experiences that we find are good as well so tell me I mean I, I, looking around you know we're, we're, we're getting the picture that it's, it's, it's mainly graduates from those, those STEM um, mm. subject areas is there opportunities for people outside of that those subject areas yeah there would be I mean as, as I've said from a, from a structure perspective as we now try and catch up with the growth that we've had our internal departments are uh, recruitment marketing legal finance space there's a there's a lot of roles there as we expand so for, for accountants for marketing grads etc law grads um but as our business changes a little um the landscape post 2008 with the recession changed and there was a there was a lot of regulation brought into the marketplace obviously rightly or wrongly um it, it has been done and banks are now having to face up to that those regulatory reforms so it's opened a whole new area of business for us in that we're hiring more and more law grads um to, you know, who are very suited to that compliance space and we're offering them a very attractive alternative to high street institute barrister solicitor type type environment which particularly in Northern Ireland is overcrowded and there's not enough work for those guys so we can transfer some of those skills and send them elsewhere um, and equally even just general business business management um, application last week from a furniture design degree I mean we, we genuinely I think the other thing Wayne that's happening is we have to react to the marketplace. The marketplace is becoming much more crowded. Invest and I have done a fantastic job encouraging inward investment into Belfast. So a lot of the, some of the large banks are coming to Belfast. So they're fishing in the same pool that we're fishing in. So we gotta be imaginative around, not just where we're recruiting, but what we're recruiting. So transferable skills are the key thing for us. Those, those different facets we talked about earlier, but, but essentially good numeracy level, good presenting style, etc. We will look, look at those people and think we can mold them and do something else with them. Now, tell me, um, what about people who have maybe been, you know, they've graduated a number of years ago? Um, we're, we're, we're talking about the graduates, but if you have somebody listening into the podcast today who's maybe listening overseas, thinking about coming back to Northern Ireland, is there opportunities for people who have been, you know, been out working for a number of years? Uh, absolutely. A couple of things on that. Years ago, we, we would have been seen as an organisation that took a lot of workforce, sent them uh, out f into further um, further afield. And then when those guys came to an age or made a lifestyle choice to come home, they really couldn't come home with us. We had nothing to offer them. Now we do. So, you know, those experiences that they're getting out in the world, we can bring them back to Newry and, uh, or Belfast or Dublin and, and give them an alternative. More and more, you're finding the, uh, with the changing skill set, you're, you're seeing... Uh, people transferring from other industries into in particular the tech space so you're finding that as a reaction to industry telling Dell uh, the Department of Education and Learning that there are not enough technical grads out there they're now reacting and universities are getting on board around diplomas conversion masters and software development software testing that kind of space so we're seeing the marketplace now uh, with a number of people coming from other Entities, other um, degree disciplines, other sectors coming into this space, and that's what, that's a good thing for us. So equally, I think too many times we're seen just as a graduate employer, and like unmistakably, maybe seventy, eighty percent of our recruitment is is sort of graduate. But we're trying to balance that out, and we're trying to encourage um, people from different 
disciplines and people that maybe have four, five, six, ten years experience in, in, in another area that they could come and bring some of that to bear here. Now, tell me, um, what opportunities exist currently? If somebody's listening into the show today, you know, they're, 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 they're graduating in 2015. Yeah. I mean, they should really be identifying themselves. Well, look, I, I take a step back from that. People that have graduated in 2014 or 2013 that went traveling or in a job that they don't quite fancy or just haven't been able to get one, they should be coming here first and foremost. We're recruiting right now. What sort of stuff are you looking for? Um, I'm, I'm probably 20, 25 grads behind where I should be right now. So with all of that conversation around all those degree disciplines, if you're out of work right now, go to our website, have a look at the different... Um, streams as we call them and pick one that you fancy and we'll have a conversation with you and we'll see where that takes you Um, we're also looking for people to work in our internal legal department Um, we're trying to beef up our marketing team and in effect our business marketing team so uh, any of you out there that have a technical slant but have a very much a business marketing type focus, we would be very keen. There's probably five spots on that team alone still available right now if we could get the right person. Um, so, and then when I, when I look, I mean, at, across the floor right now, our business support team always needs enhanced. So people that are very comfortable with technology, people that are going to be able to um, converse with clients, solve their problems, uh, analyze problems, that kind of thing. I mean, that we have roles for you right now and into the summer as well. And if somebody, finally, if somebody's graduating in 2015, you know, I was there at one point, you know, you weren't sure what, what it was you were going to do. Maybe you were going to go traveling. Maybe you weren't. Maybe you were going to stay here at home. You're looking for opportunities. I mean, what sort of stuff do people need to be thinking about if they're graduating in 2015? Should they start networking right now? Should they be looking for opportunity? Is there any internships? Is that a thing that you guys do? We, we, do, we do do internships. Um, we've got some people asking us for, for short one-week summer type internships that to be frank they're a little bit more difficult for us to manage because we don't we haven't carved out a program of work for what would a person do coming in here for a week other than just observe and shadow people and it's not the greatest experience so we've we've tended to shy away from that we do it for some school kids who are 15 16 17 not really sure what a levels they're going to take or what degree they're going to take and we take some of those guys on board but as a launch pad for a career i don't think you're going to get a better place to start your career than first row and obviously I'm biased in that but we've lots of people that come here with good academics an interest in banking finance technology in general they, they like the idea that they'll travel we offer a fantastic package around you know when these guys go out on site we put them up in accommodation we give them expenses life is pretty good they get flight allowances to come home and so on and so forth but many of them aren't fully sure what they're going to do with their career so if they've got that general thought process and there's a breadth to their skill set we could make a lot of things out of them you know I'm, I'm pretty sure I've had conversations about people two years down the track who thought I never realized I'd be this technical or I never thought I'd actually be working in a bank we, we can do those things for them because our internal training program is pretty impressive and taking the raw materials giving them the training them giving them the chance out on site uh, giving them some mentoring you know, the world's the oyster, basically. Um, how can people find out a little bit more about the jobs? You mentioned the, the First Derivatives website. I mean, you guys are active on social media. Yeah. Um, the, the, the jobs are there. They can apply for them all. Yeah, and, and I think we've tried to make our job specs very much placeholder. We don't want to exclude people. We want people to look at it and think, I could do that. We want people to engage with us, ask us a question, email us, apply for a job. We'll have a conversation, and then... You know, out of that conversation, we'll tease out whether there's actually a suitability or not. Uh, one comment would be most of our most productive recruitment recently has come through Twitter and Facebook. Um, I know we're going to have conversations around Snapchat, but Twitter and Facebook is where we're seeing most. Uh, I mean, our most retweeted tweet was was the Xbox in the office. I mean, the novelty factor seems to catch a lot of people's uh, attention. Yeah, there's one on the first floor. Uh, it's obviously a sop to some of the geeks on the floor, but uh, and again, we had a we had a FIFA with a competition at Christmas with a FIFA challenge, and of course. The semi-finalists were the four placement students who who got obviously these guys are on on Xbox quite a bit on FIFA quite a bit. But look, it's just part of the culture where 
things get pretty heavy at times you need to take a break go clear your head it's five minutes on a game of FIFA so and they're back at it no I think we, we would certainly have a culture of um, you know work hard play hard um, we have social committees throughout the world the social committees are, are giving um spending money you know we're, we're encouraged to try and do stuff outside of work the philosophy is if people are happy you know with their accommodation with their lifestyle in any particular city then that's going to reflect in their work so we do a lot to try and encourage sort of the camaraderie that goes on and I mean if you were ask me what do I like best about this place it's the people that we work with and that's that's always going to sound biased but if um if you enjoy the people around you and you have good crack, you know, it usually transfers into you're going to do a job and you're going to be happy doing it. And from a personal development point of view, is there opportunities internally to further your developments? Do those opportunities exist? Yeah, I think I only have to look at myself. Some, some of my friends that I went to university with will wonder how the hell I got to where I am here because I was a law grad did uh, a conversion course in Belfast, got a placement in First Derivatives, and I've had about three different jobs since I've been here. Um, I've just hit my 15th year anniversary, which is maybe unusual nowadays, but um, there's a lot of opportunity for growth, and there, there, there's a great opportunity to maneuver within First Derivatives. So when you come in, you're never boxed or siloed. There's a chance to you know show us what you can do, and we'll point you in different directions. So we have any graduates out there, young people who are listening to this podcast, you know, maybe they're abroad right now, maybe they're in Australia, America, wherever they are, and they're thinking about coming back, and they're looking for opportunities. They've graduated in 2013, 14. Yeah, there's opportunities right now available with First Derivative. Definitely, right now, I'm about 20 behind right now, and then leading into the summer, we've set ourselves a target of hiring 200 grads in 2015. Wow. So that's the target, and that's an ambitious one. We've got to achieve that. So the pressure flips to me and my team to hit that mark. But you talk about people coming back. Um, if someone's in, I got an email this week from a guy in New York, got himself a green card on a lottery um, and wants to work for us, but wants to work for us in New York. Now we've made him an offer. He's coming to New York for four weeks training and we're going to spin him back again. So equally, lots of expats in, in Australia. You don't have to come home to work for us. We can hire you and you can stay where you are. I mean, that, that's feasible as well. You guys are a global company. Yes. Shane Mahon, thanks for taking time out to join me on the podcast today. And I really, really hope we get uh, graduates getting in touch with you guys. Thanks, Wayne. Much appreciated. So there you have it, guys. Another packed episode. Thank you to all our guests for giving up their time and joining me on this episode. Thanks to Shane Manholland from First Derivatives, who are a global capital markets software and consultancy firm. So it's great to get an insight to what it's like to work for a global organization such as First Derivatives. So if you're somebody who's graduated in 2014, Maybe you graduated in 2013 and you're looking for your next career opportunity. Make sure you stop by firstderivatives.com and check out some of the career opportunities that they have available right now. Thank you to Aidan Malone who talked to us about an easy online accountancy solution for small businesses. He shared his insight on the zero accountancy solution for small businesses. Thanks to Lisa McManus who talked about the importance of having a healthy diet. Lisa also shared her top tips for you if you're interested in starting a small business or getting your business off the ground in 2015. And thanks to Nicole Curran from the Newry Junior Chamber who talked about what it is like to be involved with an organisation such as the Newry Junior Chamber and some of the networking and professional development opportunities that the Junior Chamber provides for you. Don't forget if you've got any questions or comments or things that you think we should cover on the show, I would love to hear from you. Please do drop me a tweet to at Wayne Denner or you can send me an email to podcast at waynedenner.com. We're going to be coming back very soon with another episode of the Zero Lives Left podcast. If you haven't done it yet, please do stop by iTunes and rate and review this podcast. If you're listening on Stitcher, please do rate the podcast over there and make sure you hit the subscribe button. Thank you so much for tuning into episode 10. Stick around. We're going to be coming back very soon with another episode of the Zero Lives Left podcast thanks for listening to the zero lives left podcast with wayne denner make sure to check out wayne's new book the student's guide to an epic online reputation available from wayne and follow him on twitter at wayne denner tune in next time